0: Grow CFO is where finance leaders grow together. Join thousands of like-minded professionals using Grow CFO to access the combined knowledge and experience of the finance leader community. You can join us today at growcfo.net. Hello and welcome to the Grow CFO Show. I'm your host, Kevin Appleby, and today I've got Carlo Bustos, who is the VP of Professional Services at Board International, and we're going to talk about the resurgent CFO. But before we do that, Carlo, welcome to the show. Can you tell Good us to be here, Kevin. Can you tell us a little bit more about you?
1: Absolutely. So a uh, pleasure to be here with you today and uh, to share some of the great insights uh, we've garnered uh, over the last uh, what I'll call 12 to 18 months that have been very turbulent for a lot of our our clients and uh, a lot of individuals in the finance function. So I grew up in in finance. I actually started my career uh, within Fortune 500, working through uh, an fp organization, uh, working in manufacturing, and then working my way up into an operations controller, uh, then getting into more of a management consulting uh, perspective and supporting uh, what I called my clients at the time, both from a technology implementation as well as process and management and strategic consulting. Uh, But I've been doing this for well over 18 years now and uh, look forward to sharing a lot of my specific hands-on experience along with a lot of what I've learned uh, over the many years and working with a number of different uh, organizations globally.
0: Yeah, and this, this is going to be an interesting conversation because we're going to go into the world of analytics and scorecards and big data and so on, and all of those good things that are part of enterprise performance management. And like you, my background is management consulting, in enterprise performance management. So I, I think we'll, we'll have an interesting conversation as we go along. But Perfect. Carlo, the, the resurgent CFO, what's that all about?
1: That's a, it's a great... Um, it's a tool that we ultimately are looking to use to really empower our individual uh, customers and, and advocates for change. And resurgent finance leader... Uh, really came to bear with the few questions that we had as more of a hypothesis and really looking to better understand how our finance leaders globally working through the abundance of data and information they may have access to readily and easily Mm -hmm. or not know they have access to it and need to start to mine some of that data. But also, how do they use that data to empower decision-making? And then ultimately, how do they transform their organization and becoming more of that leader and really looking more of like a superhero in the way they do things. So that was really the intent of the the research survey. Uh, We had over 600 senior finance uh, leaders uh, participate in it. Uh, It was 20 focused questions around five key areas. And those key areas were around strategy and the role of finance. How is it changing? What are they looking for in, in, in a model of a support performance management and reporting? organization and change management people and talent it's the most important asset next to data and yeah. that's really the real important asset but it doesn't go anywhere without the right people empowered to do the right thing and that was really the essence of the the research uh, survey and and the the report that we've ultimately put together uh, that you can download on on board.com
0: so a lot of this is saying that the CFO is is saying it wants to move away from as much in operations and do more in the strategic area, correct? Yeah. What do you think is driving that?
1: I would say um, what we normally see on, on anyone's journey, in a journey map, is there's a maturity curve that occurs throughout that journey. Mm-hmm. And within finance, and and even within operations, HR, IT, strategy, marketing—you name it—they initially start with a core focus of standardizing processes, the low-hanging fruit. Yeah. How can we go ahead and ensure that you know anyone can do the same process multiple times over in the most efficient manner? Then you work your way into more of a an efficiency driver of just identifying those standardized processes, and then really partaking in how many do you really need to do and what's actual viable for the business. Mm. Then we kind of step into the next level of how are we taking some of these efficiencies and then garnering more analytics, more insights into the information that we're gathering and and collating over the time. And then ultimately getting to that euphoria of being a leader and being adaptable and agile. That was interesting. I had a conversation with a customer just, just this morning, Um, who, as we know, supply chain is being heavily disrupted because of all the items that have occurred over the last 18 months. And so uh, these individuals are in the food industry and their shelf life has some term of, of, you know, you have to work on it. Um, But one doesn't think about all the different level of ingredients and, and materials that are required to create their end product. And they uh, eloquently went through their process um, and I say eloquently because it, it takes a level of refinement but also a, a level of, of decision making and leadership um, and having that access to the right technology to enable you to do so and pre-purchased in a long-term horizon a lot of their raw material
0: mm-hmm. and
1: bloated their inventory as you can imagine so from a balance sheet perspective, uh, not the best thing to do during a, a economic, well, not even a downturn, but just an uncertain economic environment. and But you're, they're the ones now who are able to deliver and continue to grow where their competitors are unable to fulfill the orders, uh, they can easily step in and do so. And so that level of data insights and ability to be a leader understanding how we standardize a specific element of production all the way through to financial management and reporting of an organization into now an opportunity that they are making whole versus other competitors who just said, listen, I don't know what I don't know. So unfortunately I'm going to pull back spend. I'm going to pull back my demand. I'm going to pull back my supply and then I'll see where it goes. Uh, They're unable to support that, that new customer, new demand uh, inflow. Yeah. So just a, an example of kind of where things are heading.
0: Yeah. Look, Looking back over that 18 months, Carlo, um, the beginning of the pandemic, a lot of businesses found themselves in trouble, found their normal market disappearing, particularly the hospitality industry. Um, and a lot of businesses had to change course, change strategy, change business model, almost overnight. And... Do you get a feeling that because that change had to happen so rapidly and was all about business survival, that the guy with the numbers, the finance guy, was more involved in than normal in that strategy exercise?
1: It's a great question, Kevin. What I would say is that's the ideal state, is that the Office of Finance has a, a true seat at the table, not just a, a, a you know record keeper or a scorekeeper but someone who can ultimately uh, enable the organization to make more uh, insightful decisions. And, you know, I think the ones that you see as the true leader in their current categories, as well as within their industries and respective regions and around the world, uh, ultimately depended on that individual or, or that function. The ones who are now losing market share and ultimately having some really tough discussions with the board of directors their investor relations, their banking partners uh, around the uh, viability of their business is, is going to have a much more different conversation. And so it, it becomes this proactive versus reactive environment. Uh, I think there 's going to be a lot of that reactiveness of now that we can 't fulfill certain debt covenants we can 't fulfill certain demand we cannot fulfill certain investor relations expectations we have to find quick wins and I would say their acceleration of that maturity model that we we, we I highlighted earlier um, will have to happen and that leaves room for error uh, doing the wrong thing at the wrong time, whereas the ones who are more proactive may have been early on in their maturity but very very willingly transforming the business accelerating that that business to become more around how do we enable the business to set a true strategy setting that direction budgeting and planning with objectives around multi-scenario management keeping track of the performance management not just of plan but also aligning it back to the strategy with the opportunity to focus on cost allocation and then profit generation lastly with more of that engaged productive employee Those are those individuals who not only had a seat at the table, but voices were heard. And the data that they were representing was being used for the purpose of what it's intended, which is Mm. to make better decisions.
0: Brilliant. That's, That's really interesting. I think you've probably got a view that's fairly similar to mine, that the finance function traditionally has had all of the accounting numbers, all of the numbers with pound signs in front of them, all set up in a nice orderly way on the profit and loss account, and they respond to a nice monthly, quarterly, annual drumbeat. Now, what about the non-financial data? So I've got a view that says, actually, all that non-financial stuff, because of the disciplines you've got in finance, that actually the CFO and his team are the ideal people to be looking after that.
1: Absolutely. And I I think a lot of the survey uh, demonstrated that was the finance leaders are looking to extend their capability. And and that truly is what you just referenced. It's the capability of of identifying a level set of data that can be uh, really manipulated in essence to then draw out insights. And what we're seeing is very heavily, you know, over 90% are really looking at that transformative component, that data is the main driver. That's where the hub, that's the new strategic asset. You layer in the people, giving them the opportunity, the technical know-how to manage that data. You layer in the technology to now enable that process and the people, now you've got a working process and a working individual and a working tech. What I would say is that then can easily expand into HR, from a workforce management standpoint, where are you hiring? How are you hiring? What levels of incentives are you driving to to create the right environment for your talent? You move it into operations. What's your material resource plan look like? What's your demand plan that feeds that supply plan that then ultimately feeds your production plan? All of that information exists. And unfortunately, a lot of those organizations, those functional areas in the organization were relying on finance to just publish a dashboard publish a report to your you know, yeah. statement of the monthly, quarterly views, look at the variances, not provide any guidance around what we can do differently, but that really resurgent finance leader, the one who was willing to take the challenge, willing to come out and say, no, we need to do something. Being that catalyst are the ones who are being very successful, not just in their own personal perspective, but also from an organizational and enterprise perspective. So I would say to all of those who are listening um, the change starts with you. Be transformative. Ask the, the challenging question. Position it with data and insights. And that should give you the opportunity in the platform now to become more of that decision maker and, and not just a sole decision maker, but a collaborative decision maker across your, your organization.
0: Yeah. Now, now Carl, you're, you're obviously coming to this from the technology side. So you've you've got a kind of vested interest of saying, well, get the tech Right and you'd be a great leader. Do you, think, do you think that's the only thing that's that's holding folk back? Do you think there are other reasons that are stopping the finance guy being the, 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 the strategic advisor?
1: No, I'd say, you know, the acceleration of the, the change, for some, it's going to be drastic, hyper, because of the reactive nature. For those who are more proactive are going through that journey and the appropriate approach making the right type of changes that are needed in the process and in the people and in, in how they manage those individual people. Yeah. Um, I would say, you know, a lot of that is, is the three pillars. I mean, I grew up in management consulting after my time in industry and um, you know, it's people process technology. The, the yeah. people can't work with this without a standardized process and the process can't be enabled to automate if you don't have a technology that's willing and able to do so. And What I would say is for um, the listeners is really looking at how we can help reduce the inefficient process using this, this, this transformation. And I don't want to make it seem like you've got to do something big and drastic to transform. This could be as simple as the way we do our monthly reporting pack might be more pushed into the business user side for their appreciation of the process as well as the data that they can have access to. We will be the centralization of that hub to standardize the information, but they're the ones accessing it and and positioning it the way they need to see it. Challenge that status quo. Um, Really looking at how to help support and drive insights. Data is all around us. Market data, Mm -hmm. sales data, people data, financial data, operational data, and having the ability to, technology aside, having the ability to ask the right question is going to be an important asset for, for a number of organizations out there what are you trying to solve for? Asking for the last three quarters level of information from an operation standpoint, well, what are you trying to solve? Is it profitability metrics? Is it a supply chain component? Is it a service level component? What what are you looking to solve for? And it's okay to go into that question set with not a clear idea set in a hypothesis. Um, You may want all three, profitability, service level, and supply chain. Um, but having a direction is going to be important. And then I would say to tie it all together, the technology is an important catalyst to that that transformation. You cannot do this in Microsoft Excel. You can't do this in in some of the singular dimensional views. You have to have something that's able to manipulate that data in the form that's worthy of digesting.
0: I'm I'm absolutely with you on this one, Carlo. I mean, being in sort of an enterprise performance management in one way or another for probably best part of the last 25 years. Now, 25 years ago, yeah, we mucked up scorecards and dashboards and so on in Excel spreadsheets and said, this was what it should look like. These are the things we should measure. Now let's go out and work out where on earth we're getting the data from. And that was the problem. We then had to go and build systems to get the data. Yep. These days, the problem's flipped. And yes, you can still muck it up in a spreadsheet, but... There is so much data these days that it's not a case, I think, of, of wor- worrying about where the data is coming from, but it's, it's now trying to effectively take the wheat from the chaff and looking at what small percent of this data is actually telling you something and what do you have to do to turn all of this data from just being a pile of numbers into some serious management information.
1: Yeah. And, and that's you a great need, you point need
0: a proper system to do that.
1: <clears throat> yeah. And I would say in the survey, we found that 89% of the finance leaders know they have to make a specific choice today, which mm. is they need to automate that process, not just a process of booking an, an actual an accounting transaction in a GL and booking a specific invoice for payment and You know, managing that prop, but actually automating how that data then flows through from a management reporting and then how it flows through into decision-making. Or ultimately, look for a new job. They understand that this is a critical path for them. If they stay on the sidelines too long, an individual will stand up and become that resurgent leader. Mm -hmm. And what I'm asking all of your listeners to do is you're that leader, be that leader, you are in your position for a reason, you've earned your way to be there. Now we're giving you and empowering you data access tools, you name it, to continue that process that you can, you know, you're looking to, to not only manage but improve over time. Yeah. And and what one other data point, just to kind of help level set to Kevin, is what we found though, is about, about only a third of the finance leaders believe that they needed to transform the finance function, which is yeah. compelling. 90% or almost 90% say they need to automate it or, you know, be worked out of existence. But only a third of them feel like they need a transformation to do so. It's very kind of, I know I have a problem, but I don't want to acknowledge I have the problem.
0: Yeah. Now, we've we found some very interesting things around this in, in, within Growth CFO, And we've asked a lot of people uh, Members as they've gone through certain of our programs to tell us what do you think your biggest challenges are? And we tend to say, what are your top three biggest challenges? And we've, we've come out generally with, there are nine themes that keep coming up regularly, but there's a top three. And number three in the top three is people saying we want to contribute more towards strategy. And they, they give us some interesting reasons for that. No, reason number one is actually struggling to free up time to, stri- to think strategically. So involved in the operations, so close to the face, so close to financial numbers, they don't have time to think up, to, to, free, to free themselves up, to think strategically. I think you've touched on that in saying, well, what, what are the big metrics I should be measuring? What are the big pieces of data that are gonna tell me something here? What are the pieces of information that are gonna allow us to do something different, more effective and so on? So I, th- I think there's some great correlation there between what you're saying the, on the tech side and what we're seeing on more the softer people side. Um, And a lot of those folks are saying they're unsure how to contribute towards strategic objectives. I think you've given some great pointers there, Carlo. On Well, here are some really solid things you can do to contribute to strategic objectives, Mr. Finance Leader.
1: Yeah, I would say, Kevin, what's interesting from the survey is um, you've hit the nail on the head where they want more time. They need more time to do some of these things to become part of that strategy. And, and I would challenge you know, the listeners to say the data shows that almost 20% of the survey respondents were admitting that they still spend time and resources, effort, fixing the basic fundamental processes. Yeah. Now, that could be a factor that the process is too complex. It's antiquated, hasn't been revamped the people aren't trained appropriately, they're not given the, they're not empowered to, to do their job um, as efficiently and effectively as they possibly can, or they don't have the technology to actually run the process end-to-end in a mo- in a much more efficient and automated you know, standpoint. So what I would say is do the introspective look, where can you take some of the low-hanging fruit that's still out there for you to, to take, be that winner, A success is a success, small, medium, or large. What I would say is this empowers you to have a platform even more so to get put into that strategy discussion. I was able to alleviate these particular pain points for my operations team because I gave them insights into how their production plan was going to impact our profitability if they didn't hit certain productivity numbers. Great. Now, you've figured out a way to automate that process. You've given them reporting that's not just rear view looking, but more forward looking. Now you have an opportunity to say, hey, what about if we changed it and we start doing multi-scenario analysis? If I want to increase product production on this specific line or this particular category or number of SKUs, what does that do? And if I were to improve pricing and then reduce some of the cost elements, what does that do? And what type of service levels are we able to hit? I would really empower individuals to have that conversation. And now you're talking about growth. You're talking about where you can help improve the bottom line, but also the top line of an organization Absolutely. and not just reporting Absolutely.
0: on both. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, that point around transform, not just automating, but transforming finance is an interesting one. Uh, something that we've spotted uh, an awful lot of our members are a finance leader in a fairly fast growing organization. And what we're seeing is the organization growing quickly but the finance budget probably staying the same. And you've got a finance team that was was fine probably two years ago, was just about managing last year. But now, because the organisation's grown so much and you've got the same group of guys trying to do finance, that they are really struggling. And what's occurred to us is that very few CFOs go along and say, actually, can I have a bigger budget for finance, please? And to do the finance transformation, quite often you might save some money in the long run, but you actually need more money rather than less to do it.
1: It's it's an important investment that an organization must make, not unilaterally, but together as a as a collaborative leadership team. Mm-hmm. And finance is a is a leader within an enterprise. Um, what I would say is. And what we saw is about 47% of the the folks in the survey are confident that their team can take on that that demand of capturing valuable insights and creating these data sets that will allow for better decision-making. But even more importantly is that 92% of the finance leaders also know that they have to become more forward-thinking in influencing that decision-making. So they're confident. They feel good about their team. They've got some low hanging fruit. They've got an opportunity to develop an ROI, a business case on why the finance transformation is an investment worth making in any organization. Because in that maturity curve and where that journey lies for you, everything it takes money to. You know, we always say it, it's you, you need to spend money to make money. That's that's the way the, the name of the game. You don't build a product out of thin air. You invest in that raw material of a product into then a finished good that then gets sold and distributed across the, the, the world. The same for services. You don't just deliver a service at a bank, at a healthcare institution, at a professional service or a law firm and say, well, I've already got revenue. So now I can go ahead and hire this individual. No, you have a fixed cost, a headcount salary cost that's associated to it. And your hope is to then evaluate and then ultimately improve that fixed cost into a profitable Mm -hmm. investment. The same has to happen from a transformation standpoint. What I would um, offer up to to the listeners is really to enable that transformation, you have to look at it collaboratively. What benefits can you drive across the functional areas? What level of improvement can you give them? Is this really not just a finance, I need to improve, so I want to improve, it's how do I help you do your job better so that the, the story doesn't become finances asking for a much larger budget, an incremental budget uh, when we're cutting budgets elsewhere. It's this investment is going to allow us for you to become more efficient. Mr. And Mrs. COO, CHRO, CSO, CEO. Yeah. And yeah. that's, Absolutely. what's going to yield yes. the, the the opportunity. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And now, I'll go back to, uh, our- nine biggest issues and we talk about getting involved in strategy as being the third one there's something here that um really surprised us at what was number one on that list and that's the the number of finance leaders that are suffering from imposter syndrome and you know you've been saying some fantastic stuff there about the finance leader getting involved talking to his peers and so on but there's something there that says, well, great, we can have all the data in the world. We can get you in the right position to be involved in strategy. But no, if that's your fundamental problem, you don't feel worthy. Mm-hmm. You're not going to do this. Mm-hmm. And I, I really would say, if there's something there that's resonating with Carlos saying, dear listener, but you're thinking, oh, hang on a minute, but that doesn't doesn't gel to the way I... My, I sit in this organization, I'm, I'm, I'm a, the finance leader, but now there are other people on this board that have got a bigger voice than me or whatever. Now, one of the things that we, we would say in Grow CFO is if that's you and you want to do the stuff that Carlo's talking about, think about getting some mentoring. Yep. Think about getting the right people in your corner to make sure that you are an equal player on that board. Yeah. The problem is quite often the finance guy can be quite junior. He can come up up from through the finance function. Head of finance, I would always call the inward face of finance. And suddenly he's got to become the CFO or she's got to become the CFO. would be the outward face of finance. And you suddenly need a whole load of skills that you were never taught to pass your exams. (laughs) I I would
1: say. Um,
0: You're probably surrounded in that boardroom in your industry with a uh, a bunch of ladies and gentlemen that have been in your industry for much longer than you have that know the products much better than you do and that's where the imposter syndrome comes from
1: it's an yeah it's an unfortunate um self-diagnosed self-proclaimed you know issue that that finance leaders um unfortunately put themselves in. I would never put someone in because to me, if I work in, walk into a boardroom, I'm looking across the board and um, I'm looking at individuals who started in finance, who yeah. retired in finance, started individuals who started in operations, moved into finance and then moved back in operations. Individuals who ran large sales organizations who also had a time in finance because at the end of the day, finance is that central hub where all data comes through all yes. information. And what, what was interesting is about 90% of the finance leaders in the survey agreed that it was time to change the way that they are perceived. So I would probably switch. I'm more of an optimist, right? And I always think yeah, yeah, more, yeah. more of a, more the positive. You're not the, <laughs> excuse me, imposter. Um, you're just the scorekeeper. And you need to change the way of becoming, you know, moving from a scorekeeper, reporting the results, the news reporter. Here's what happened into becoming a performance driver. Here's what happened. And here's how I suggest we approach it with two, three options that are clearly identified and backed by data that you have access yeah. to.
0: Which is and that's different the difference. from the, Yeah, here's what happened. And this is different to the budget by X. And here's why it's different. Nobody could. Yeah. yeah you said the budget 12 months ago. <laughs> That's the variance. Chances are a variant yeah. because the budget was wrong.
1: And I'll just eat it up later in a, in a future quarter, in a future yeah. month, and I've, I've committed to it and I'm still good for the full year. And it's, so it becomes a, a, a really just a moot point when you're talking yeah. about it versus how can I make this change? Is this a bigger issue that we haven't really highlighted yet? And I can assure you, the folks who are sitting today in their boardrooms, having that variance discussion around why profitability is low, Around why they can't facilitate the demand that they're being asked to facilitate, they're losing market share. Are the ones who are saying, Gosh, I really wish I paid attention to some of those leading indicators earlier on. Now I'm just lagging and I'm just now another, you know, essence in the market. And so I would say to those, if you see something, it's kind of similar when you are on a plane nowadays or on a train and they say, If you see something, say something. The same for you, Mr. and Mrs. Finance Leader. If you see something of interest, if you know in your gut that that's telling you and it's going to yield some level of challenge or questioning, it's probably 100% right for you to ask because you are, again, that central repository, that hub of insight. Utilize that. Let the other individuals come to you and tap into it. Not come to you to ask for a report, but come to you with, hey, what do you think? Hey, what are you seeing? What is this going to do for me? How is this going to help me? And I think that's going to really change the mindset of becoming an imposter to A decision maker. Don't be the scorekeeper, be someone who's driving the performance in a decision maker in your environment.
0: And if you're the guy or the girl who's got the single source of the truth around all the data in the business, as opposed to the numbers that are on the balance sheet, then you're in, I think, you're in a very, very powerful position.
1: Oh, absolutely. Very powerful. And I would say, you know, Three main points that I'd like to leave the audience with here, Kevin, today is aligning finance with operations is a critical must-have. This can no longer be the silo. Mm -hmm. I'm reporting off of what operations did, how they did it, what they did, how they came about doing what they did. I have no idea, not my worry. I would say, no, timeout. That is exactly what your job is to do, is to manage the financial stability of an organization. You are the fiduciary responsible party to manage it, but it doesn't mean you just say no to every cost investment aspect that comes across your desk. It's asking why. And (laughs) so fast forward into the future, when you're in that boardroom as the CFO, you no longer feel like you don't know the operations because now you're working hand in hand and collaborating. You understand what a productivity number means and why it means a certain way when you're working the line or when you're resourcing certain services employees or you're supporting a specific revenue target for a specific service line, it, it matters. Now you become invested in it. The, the, the second one is integrating FP&A with every aspect of the business, not just finance, but, you know, owning it there. I think what I, what I ask the audience to, to really go back and, and think about is, how do I embed more of the operational targets into my budgeting process? How do I envision this in strategy? What are some of the longer-term goals? If it's an 80% productivity rate, why? Why not 85? Why not 95? If it's a specific service level target, why not look for higher? What's, what's the, the challenging effect? Because when you start looking at that two, three, five years out, It's not a matter of an overnight change. It's what we need to do over time to get us to achieve those goals and objectives. And so really situating finance and operations and sales and marketing and HR and IT all in one, not just being the budget repository. Tell me what you want and I'm going to come back. I'm going to aggregate the numbers and I'm going to see who needs to cut down on certain avenues with the CEO and and the board of directors. No, how about we build a bottom-up approach that really is insightful. We all agree how sales is going to be supported by marketing, how then marketing is going to drive demand, how demand is then going to drive production, how production is then going to drive our financial results that ultimately yield our reports. And that's really the the, the important piece of it. And then to close it all out, I would say start thinking if you want to become that strategic advisor, as you've said in your nine kind of elements, that's number three. Uh, from a gross CFO perspective. um, You have to invest in future-proofing your business. And that's from a go-to-market, from a people and talent management, but more importantly, from a technology standpoint. How do you enable your business? Do not buy something today that will only last you for the next three years. Buy something today that's going to last you 15, 20 plus years from now. And you have to really find the right partner to do that with. Um, and I would really implore everyone to to take a look, reassess their current technology landscape, reassess their processes and reassess the people and try to find those fundamental gaps. And then don't try to tackle it all at once. But let's look at it together. And I'm more than happy to have those conversations with any folks in, in the audience.
0: Yeah. And I, I'd echo that Absolutely. Um, I've done a a little bit of business coaching with startup businesses and the advice that I've always given the business owner that says, hey, if you're a six-figure business at the moment, but you're aspiring to be a seven-figure business or an eight-figure business and you're about to buy your new sales system or your new CRM or whatever, don't buy it for the business you are now. Buy it for the business that you aspire to be. Otherwise, two years down the road, all you'd be doing is finding the system you've got doesn't work and you'll be spending an awful lot of management time upgrading to something else rather than making the decisions that's going to take the business to the next level.
1: Precisely. I'd say, you know, focus on creating that, that home for data that, that you, you own the data in finance. So make sure you've allowed your organization, your your team the ability to have not just access, but abilities to drive insights from that information. And so that's really where we're creating that central repository, that central hub. Um, mm-hmm. and, and Board is a great platform to, to do that with. So I'd love to, uh, love to see where we can continue the conversation here, Kevin.
0: I'm the source of the truth. Yeah. How many times have you sat in that board meeting and you've put the financial numbers up and it says sales are X. Then the sales guy has gone and given his presentation and the sales are X plus 5% or X minus 5%. The overall message from both of us would probably be the same. Suddenly the meeting's arguing, not about what do we do about this level of sales, but why are those two numbers different? Yeah. (laughs)
1: <laughs> too too many times have I sat in the board meeting, too many times have I sat in the financial and, and quarterly business reviews uh, with management. And you're absolutely right. We spend time talking about information that, A, has already passed. Yeah. So let's just be clear. Nothing's going to change the past. Unless we have some time traveling capability, we're not going to go back and change it. And we have these these debates and these discussions around, well, why is that number guys, it's a, you're losing sight of, that's the number, irrespective of it's 5% up or down, it's a bad number. Now let's figure out how we make it better over time. And here are the things that we need to fix now. And I think that's uh, an absolute single source of the truth. And, and I know, um, you know, you made a mention that I, I, I come from a technology, I board as a software company, but I grew up in finance with technology that didn't even exist yet. And uh, we were building these extensive models in, in Excel. And, and I got the t shirt. Yeah. Yep. And, and I, I think to me, it was um, you know, it, technology is, is far more advanced now than it's ever been before. It's a great asset to, to leverage, and you have to find the right partner that's going to help enable you and make you successful, but also future proof. Um, and creating that, that single source of the truth. The minute that you try to get too many players in the room and, well, I've got this one for my sales performance management, I've got this one for my workforce management, I've got this for my fp now you've got three different data sources who are trying to feed in one at the end of the day for reporting, and it just creates a lot of confusion. And what I would recommend to uh, the audience is really look for that unified platform that can give you a data model that allows you to access the single source of the truth no more challenging well that sales number looks a little off and here's what the details say it's having that that ability right at your fingertips to drill down expand look at it make your assessment move on right hours aren't lost anymore in that discussion of why it should be you know one, two, three, four, five five percent more or less it's how are we making this better over time
0: exactly exactly so Carlo, if anybody wants to find out more about Board, how would they get in touch with you?
1: I would uh, really uh, look forward to everyone coming to our website, board.com. Uh, there you can also find uh, the downloadable link for the Resurgent Finance Leader Research Report. Um, I would also welcome anyone to contact me via email at kbustos at board.com.
0: Brilliant. That has been fantastic, Carla. Thank you very much for being this week's guest on The Grow CFO Show.
1: It's a pleasure.